0: The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Father God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for a family that we can be a part of in a local church such as this. Uh, We thank you for your word that you've given to us, that we can look to it for guidance and instruction on how to walk your way and how to live the kind of life you call us to live. And God, right now, we pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you want us to see and hear and lead us to take the steps you want us to take in response to what we hear from you. So lead us now, we pray in your name. in our life small steps small decisions like dominoes that over time done consistently over and over again lead to big results in our life at the end of the service today we're going to give you an opportunity to take your your very own domino we've got normal size ones and we've got small ones And my encouragement is that this domino would be something you'd possibly carry around in your pocket. Every time you reach in for your keys or some change, you would be reminded of that one small habit that you're either trying to start in your life, or today we're going to talk about habits that we should consider breaking. And so I want you to think about the habits in your life. We started the series just a couple weeks ago. If you missed any part of it, you can always go to HopeHillChurch.org and listen to the steps that have kind of built on each other. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about looking at not just a to-do list, because all of us have a huge to-do list, right? You have a to-do list at home, on your desk, on your your refrigerator. We all have to-do lists, and we're not wanting to add and overwhelm you with a bunch of to-do items, but we want instead to ask your who list. Who is it that God wants you to be? Who is it that you want to be? Is it a a healthier person? Is it a a better coworker? Is it to be a godly parent? Is it to be a better spouse? Who is it that you feel like God wants you to be? And then in response to the who follows the do. In order to become who God wants you to be, what is the one thing, the one new habit that God would want you to do? We talked last week about how we start forming new habits in our life, how we how we make it easy, how we make it obvious, how we set certain triggers in place that will lead to the right actions in our life. And today we're gonna be talking about how to stop certain habits in our life. Some habits that maybe have us going in directions that we never thought we would end up going. And we wanna ask the questions of how do we stop this downward spiral. I pointed out a couple books that uh, some of this material has come from books that are really great on helping us take deeper steps. Uh, we're going to be posting some some uh, blogs on our our website, some articles about how you can take the content we've been giving you the last few weeks and making it more real in your life. So be looking for that. But one of the interesting things that came from one of the books by James Clear called Atomic Habits was this idea that all of us have similar goals, but when honest, very different results. Most of us have goals either to become a, a better person, um, more healthy, to, to be living better financially, to get out of debt. I've never once heard someone say, my goal within five years is to become a raging addict. I've never heard someone set that goal. I've never heard someone say, you know, my goal from now is is five years from now to get addicted to something that takes over my life and I lose my family. That's that's never been a goal I've seen set by anyone. I've never seen someone make a goal, this year I want to gain five pounds and five pounds each year going forward and eventually becoming overweight and obese and losing control of of my health. I've never seen that be a goal. I've never seen someone set a goal uh, a little less dramatic of uh, of saying, you know, I want to live paycheck to paycheck and barely make ends meet. I want to get a mediocre job. And, and at the end of my life, not really have anything to show for it, live a passionless life, a life without meaning, a life without purpose. You don't hear people make those kind of goals. But many of us end up in places like that. And, and, and we have to understand that rarely does one decision end up leading us to that kind of life. But instead, what happens is that we find ourselves consistently in the wrong place at the wrong time, over and over and over and over again that result in us ending up asking ourselves, how did I get in this place? How did I get here? One bad habit at a time. And and for those who end up there, many times their lives can be summarized in one sentence. You look at someone who, who uh, struggled with their health, and, and the one sentence might be, that uh, over time they battled with their weight and it led to a heart attack. How, how, how sad. Or someone who had a great position uh, and, 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 and it said of them that, you know, they just didn't meet deadlines and they weren't responsible enough, and so they let him go. Or uh, he became so addicted to alcohol that, that he ended up losing everything, his family, his children, his career. Many times our bad habits will lead us to a place where one sentence can summarize the trajectory of our life. And that's also sometimes seen in the Bible when we look at certain characters. In the book of Judges, I want to encourage you to go this week and to read the life of Samson found in uh, in Judges chapter 13 through 16. And I want you to look at his life. Samson was a man called by God with the purpose of God, just like each and every one of you in this room. God loved you. God set you apart. God has a purpose and a plan for each of you. But God also allows us in many ways to live life as we choose. And like Samson, sometimes we make the wrong choices. The one sentence summary, unfortunately, for Samson is is found in uh, Judges, Chapter sixteen, verse one. Judges chapter sixteen, verse one. If you need a Bible, our ushers will make one available. Just raise your hand, and they'll bring one to you. Uh, the verses will also be up on the screen. If you would like notes, uh, the notes for today, just raise your hand. I'll usher will bring one to you as well. Uh, on on Judges chapter sixteen, verse one, it says this: One day, say that with me. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Samson had a struggle. Samson had uh, a condition that led him to make one small, many, many, many small steps one at a time that ultimately led to his downfall. In, in, In Judges chapter 13, we see God show up on the scene, as he often does, and he approaches this man and woman and uh, this woman who's barren, and and God sends an angel, and this angel comes to this woman and says, "You are going to have a child, and your child is is is, is set apart. He's going to be special from birth. And so I want you to raise him like a Nazarite. A Nazarite was a special calling uh, over a certain group of people who were set apart uh, to live a certain way and to become leaders of their people. And Samson was called and appointed and chosen to be this leader." among his people. And from the beginning, he was to be set apart. And and so God had this purpose and this plan, but as Samson grew, his eyes weren't on the Lord, but on what he shouldn't have had his eyes on. One day, Samson sees a prostitute, and he leaves his hometown, Zorah, and goes to Gaza. Now, this wasn't just a few blocks down the street, This was 25 miles away. Now, back then, just in case you didn't know, they didn't have Uber. And so one of the likely ways that Samson traveled was on foot. Not everybody had a chariot or a camel or a donkey. And so it's possible that Samson walked. And because I only work on Sundays and don't do anything the rest of the week, I did some research to figure out how many steps are in 25 miles. Do you know what the number is? I would be shocked if somebody here knew. 56,250 steps in 25 miles. And so Samson, 56,250 steps, one step at a time, went that direction. You know what's interesting also about the land of Gaza? Samson was public enemy number one. The Philistines lived there. And they hated Samson. They hated his people. And they wanted, they were at war with one another. And so Samson didn't care. He was going to risk it all. They could jump him. They could take his life. If you read the story, you see that happens. They staged these ambushes many times to try and take him out. But Samson risks everything. For a little He risks everything for something so stupid. Who does that? The truth is, many of us do it day after day. Step after step, walking in directions that will ultimately lead to our destruction, risking it all for something so stupid. And here's what Samson did. He walked, instead of walking the path that God had set out for him, he walked in the path that led ultimately to his destruction. And we want to be a church that helps us love one another, that helps us stay on the right path, that helps us in those times where we're feeling led astray and where we're going in the wrong direction, we have someone lovingly getting behind us and encouraging us to take the right steps, to make the right changes, to be strong in the areas where we often feel weak. We want to help us form the right kind of godly habits that lead us in the right direction. So week one, we talked about the who. Who do you want to become? In light of the who do you want to become, week two, we talked about what's the one habit that you need to start doing to help you get there, and today we're talking about what is the one habit that needs to stop. I love the way James puts it in the Good News translation of, of James chapter 1, 21. It says, so get rid of every filthy habit And all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. What one habit do you need to break? That Do you need to get rid of so that you can become the person that God wants you to be? You need to define it. And today my hope is before you leave today, you write it down on this paper. And you commit to God, this is the one thing. You might be sitting there going, John, I got 27 things. If you try to do 27, you will do zero. So today, during the next few minutes, I want you to begin praying, God, what is the one thing today, the one small thing, the one seemingly huge thing that I need to do, the one thing in my life that I need to stop in order to become the person that God wants me to be. It might be in the area of your attitude. It might be that you have a complaining spirit, and that needs to change. It might be that you have a gossiping tongue. Well, I'm just sharing prayer requests so we can pray about it. I've heard that one before. It might be that you have a problem overeating. Maybe it's too much sugar. Maybe it's too much sweets. Maybe it's too much, period. And that needs to change. Maybe it's in the area of technology, maybe you're addicted to video games, maybe, maybe at first it was fun, but now you're finding your days being wasted, and you're not doing the things you need to do. Maybe it's social media, scroll, scroll, click, scroll, scroll, click, like, scroll, comment, and before you know it, you've been looking at your phone for hours, wasting away. Maybe it's binge watching too many programs, maybe it's something secret like porn. And, and it's got a hold of you, and you, you know you shouldn't, but and, and you've promised you've stopped, but you can't. It's gotten a hold of you. Maybe it's your mobile device, period. When someone takes it away, you feel yourself kind of shaky, and you, you, you're you like, it's it's become a part of me. It's become a part of who I am. Maybe it's something in the area of substance, substance abuse. Maybe it's as simple as sugar. Sweets, maybe it's something a bit more uh, like nicotine or prescription drugs or alcohol. What is it in your life that's gotten a hold of you that is taking you in a direction you never hoped to go? You know, I recently upgraded my phone. And when I did, I found this new app called Screen Time. Anybody seen that? An app, or it's a feature. Anyways, when you open it, it tells you how much time you've been on your phone for that day, and it tells you what apps you've been on. And it's kind of alarming when you look down, you see, man, I was there for that long. And the cool thing about it is, Apple has built in a feature to have limits now, and so you can say, you know what? Instead of wasting my life looking at other people's lives and wishing I was more like them. I'm going to set limits. At 10 minutes, I'm done for the day. And your phone won't open that app anymore. Maybe some of you need to dial that into that right now. I think that's something that I'm going to look into for myself. I'm on this thing a lot. A lot of it's for for work. A lot of it's email. A lot of it's touching base with you all. But in between, I'm scrolling Star Wars collectibles and reading reports about the upcoming rumors of new movies and I need to get a hold of it instead of letting it get a hold of me. What's the one thing that you need to do to rescue your life and to get it going in the right direction based on who you want to become? What is the one thing that you need to break, that you need to stop so you can become the person God wants you to be? You know, the interesting thing about good habits and bad habits is, in many ways, they're very different. Good habits, why is it that the good things are always so hard? Right. Last week, we talked about how good habits are often difficult. And so we want to try hard to make them easy by making them obvious, by putting triggers in the right place. If you know that you need to read more, you put your Bible or whatever the book is that you're reading on your bed. So each day when you go to sleep, you're like, ah, I forgot. Let me do it now before I go to sleep. We need to we need to work hard to get good habits. And oftentimes we feel like the payoff is off in the future. And so many times we don't follow through. And so like, like me, maybe you've decided that you've got clothes in the closet that don't fit anymore, and so you need to get more in shape. And so I've decided I'm going to start walking and jogging and running and, and trying to get myself back into a place that's more healthy. My doctor has – I had a doctor's appointment this week, and she said she wanted to see me back in a month. And if my numbers didn't change, she was changing my medication. I don't want more medication because it has its own crazy side effects. And so Brandy said, I don't want you on that medication, so I'm going to be your accountability partner. Has your wife ever been your accountability partner? It's hard to to get off track when that's the case. So you get up. This past week I was hoping it was going to be warm, and I go out to run, and it's cold, and it's difficult, and my feet hurt. But if we persevere and we break through, if we keep going, after a few months you'll figure out that you can make it there's a difference that can come the benefit is worth it so we push through and maybe for you it's getting involved in church more not not just to fill your time but you've discovered that this this church family is a place where you should belong, and and you should get involved, and and there's a benefit that you can bring to the common good, and so you decide you're going to get more involved, and you're like, man, but this is hard. I got to get up earlier on Sunday mornings. I got to cut out certain amount of time during my week, and it can be hard. Why are the good things always so hard? But after time, when you commit and you push through, you find there's something changing in you. You're becoming a better person. You're becoming closer to God. You're becoming more healthy in your attitude. You're becoming more the person God wants you to be. You're seeing peace in your life because you're walking the path that God has set out for you. Good habits can often be hard, and it seems like the payoff is so far in the future. On the other hand, bad habits. Many times, the benefit, the perceived benefit, seems so immediate. When you do the bad thing you know you shouldn't do, there's almost immediate gratification. And it's like, man, it's so easy to do this. It's so easy just to take this step. And, and to be honest, many times we feel like, well, the negative results are, are so far off that I can stop it before it gets there. And for, for many of us, if we're honest, doing the bad thing sometimes just is fun. I don't think anybody would sin if it wasn't fun. How many of you would, would admit sometimes sin is fun? Maybe you're like, I'm in church. I'm not admitting sin is fun. Then either you're not doing it right or you're lying. Which is it? Sin can be so easy. Bad habits can be so easy. And they have an immediate perceived benefit, but the negative results are right behind. And maybe for you, it's it's, it's it, you're smoking. It, it, it relaxes you it's a stress reliever you're not thinking about just around the corner the cancer that is waiting for you maybe for you it's 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 becoming a customer at the all you can eat buffet you became customer of the year you've got rewards points stacked up and obesity is crouching at your door ready to take you out and the next thing you know you have diabetes. What is the bad habits in your life? that is leading you to become the person that you never wanted to be. How do we stop this? How do we break this downward spiral? Number one, we're going to make it difficult to do. Good habits, we want to make them easy. We want to make them obvious. Bad habits, we want to make them difficult. We don't want to continue going down this road. So we want to remove, we looked at what's called the, the habit loop. There were three, three parts of, of forming a habit. Uh, This habit loop, the first thing is there's this trigger. There's this cue. Something happens to make you want something. And the second part is the action. There's a trigger that happens that leads to you doing whatever it is that you're doing. Do we have any AV tech people? We have a spot for you on the AV team to fix things like that. Okay? Yeah, little commercial there. You're welcome, Mason. All right. So, back on track. Uh, We want to make it difficult by by eliminating the trigger. So on that loop, oh, go ahead and complete it for me, Mason. We have uh, the action leads to the, the reward, um, and the reward brings us back to the trigger. And so we get in this downward spiral of continuing to do the thing we don't want to do. So what we want to do is we want to, on your note, just put an X through that trigger. We want to eliminate the triggers, if at all possible, because the truth is is that we only have so much willpower. Even the strongest person will fall apart in the wrong circumstances. You can look throughout all of scriptures and see that the strongest of people, the people who had a heart after God when put in the wrong situations, fell. We only have so much willpower. This morning, the donuts arrived. For those of you who are on the Sabbath Teardown team, you can have donuts. We have donuts, okay? But if, you're, if, you, if donuts aren't good for you, like, I'm, I'm trying to commit to, I walked by the donuts, and at first, I walked by, and I said, I'm not eating donuts, I'm getting in shape, and I kept going. Then I went out to get another case, and the donuts were still there, and I was like, praise God for those donuts, somebody else can eat them. And then I come back, and I'm like, wow, those donuts smell good, let me just see what kind there are today. And I'm walking away, okay? And so I come back, why do we have so many cases in this church? I go back and get another case, and the donuts are still there, so this time I go, and I'm like, just get a little smell. Ah, they smell good. Before you know it, I've eaten four donuts. We got to stop. We got to remove the trigger. We got to remove the situation. Make it difficult to do. Proverbs chapter 4 says, Do not set foot on the the path that leads to donuts. It's there in the Greek. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked. Or walk in the way of the evildoers. There are four things we're told here in this scripture to apply to our life. Number one, we avoid it. Number two, we don't travel on that path that leads to it. Number three, we turn from it. We don't keep going in that direction. And number four, we go our own way. There's a way that leads to the Lord and there's a way that leads to destruction. And in our life, we've got to find ways to avoid the things that trip us up, to not travel in the direction, to turn from it, and to go the way that God has for us. And so we want to eliminate these triggers. There are five major triggers in our life. They are in the form of place. They are in the form of time. They're in the form of a mood or a moment or a these five things many times can trigger in us a bad habit. To look at these real quick, let's look at place and time together. There are often times you're in a certain place where you do the things that you wouldn't do if you were in another place. You, I bet you don't overeat at the gym. I bet it doesn't happen. I bet you don't get high on your way to church. That shouldn't happen. It is we need to talk about spiritual habits and find another one, a discipline that will help you get in the right frame of mind for getting close to God. But if you're in the wrong place, maybe you're at a party or you're at a social, maybe you're doing a a winery tour and you find yourself overeating and overdrinking. And every time you get with those certain people and those certain places at those certain times, you find yourself tripping up and doing the things you know you shouldn't. Number Number two is time. For many of us, there are certain times of the day where we are weak. Maybe, time, maybe it's those times when we're alone. Maybe it's those times when we're tired. Maybe it's those times when, when there's nothing else going on and we find ourselves bored. You, I bet uh, uh, there are times when certain habits don't trigger. I bet you you're not tempted to look at pornography when you're in church or at life group, or your community group. But right after you've fought with your spouse, when it's late at night, maybe maybe you're home alone. That that, that enemy is sitting there waiting to tempt you, to, to to sneak in and to devour you. The Bible says that the enemy waits like a roaming lion seeking who he can devour, waiting for those times and those moments when you are at your weakest, when he can attack. But the hope is that there is no temptation, the Bible says, except which is common to man. And in all situations, God will provide an opportunity for you Escape. the next one is mood Our mood can change. Many times there's different triggers that affect our mood. Uh, experts say that you should halt when you feel you're in the wrong mood. halt what does halt stand for? number one halt means when you're hungry. Many of us when we're hungry we make the wrong choices. we eat the second burger we take a bite of an, another piece of cake uh, whatever it is hunger then next one H a is angry. Many of you put these two together. When you get hungry, you get angry, hangry. When we get angry, we we do things we wouldn't normally do. L is lonely, and T is tired. When we're feeling these kinds of ways, we make decisions we shouldn't be making. And then there's moments where you find that uh, certain moments trigger the same thing each time. Maybe it's after a fight with your spouse, a fight with your husband. You get on the phone with a girlfriend, and it becomes husband bashing time. Maybe it's uh, going out and getting drinks after a game with the guys. And every time you're hanging out with this particular set of guys, you find yourself over-drinking. What is it in your life that what moments trigger the wrong actions in your life? And then sometimes the hardest one is people. And sometimes there are certain people in your life that that just trigger certain habits. Studies show. That the closer you are to someone the more likely you are to imitate the habits that they have there's this huge study that was done that tracked twelve thousand people over a period of thirty two years I mean that is a huge study and in one small thing that came out of it uh, a ton of ton of data was was processed out of it but one thing that was 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 seen in the area of fitness was the chance of becoming obese increased fifty seven percent if one of your closest friends was obese and Likewise, when one friend lost weight, you were 33% likely to also lose weight. The people we hang with shape the habits that we form. You don't have to look at studies. Solomon said in Proverbs 13.20, he said, walk with the wise and you will become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. We become like the people we hang with closest friends in your life, who are they? What kind of habits do they have? Do they make it easy for you to stay on the path that leads to righteousness, or do they cause you to trip up? That can be difficult, and it's almost impossible to live right when you have the wrong friends. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Paul said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good so what are we going to do? We're going to remove the triggers, and we're going to interrupt the action. So for some of you, it's as simple as getting up earlier in the morning. You have a habit of hitting the snooze button four times or maybe maybe seven times because that's a godly number, and you get an extra hour plus of sleep. You're gonna, You're going to change that. You're going to put the alarm clock or your mobile device across the room so that when the alarm goes off, You're going to get out of your warm, comfy bed, and you're going to go across the room, and you're going to shut it off, and you're going to get up, and you're going to seize the day, the day that God has given you with joy and with peace and with victory. Maybe for you it's overspending on Amazon. It's so easy. Scroll, click. How did I just spend $112 on Star Wars figures? Maybe you're going to give your spouse your password, and you're not going to buy anything unless both of you agree. You're going to make it difficult to do the things that you know you shouldn't do. If you have a problem looking at inappropriate images, if you have a problem where lust has gotten in control of your life, you're going to lock down. You're going to get the right filters installed. You're going to you're going to make it so that your phone is is, is 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 blocked if possible with certain passwords. Certain apps are removed so they don't lead you astray. And if for, for for you, if you still have a problem weaving through those channels and, and can still see the stuff you know you shouldn't see, the stuff you're trying to get rid of because it's not real, and you, uh, then you're going to maybe downgrade to a dumb phone. They still have them. They still have flip phones. You can get one. It's worth it. If that is the thing you need to do to seek the life that God wants you to live, then no sacrifice is, is, is too big. We're not going to continue to walk the path that leads to destruction. And for some, if you've got some habit, some stronghold that you can't break on your own, if you've got some substance abuse, some addiction that you can't let go of, if there's a gambling addiction or a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or a sexual addiction, then then we're here to help you, not to judge and condemn you. We have six counselors That specialize in helping you find freedom. And we want to help you get paired with the right people. And maybe rehab is the next step for you. We want to help you get the help you need. Because God intended so much more for you in your life. The habits we have today will shape who we become tomorrow. So look at your life right now and ask yourself the question. Play it forward. If I continue with this habit, what is it going to be? Is the direction that my life is on right now leading me in the place where I want it to go? Play it forward. Think about where this may lead you. And ask yourself the question. See yourself in that that future. Was it worth it? I never thought I would end up here. I never thought I would lose my family. I never thought I would lose my job. I never thought that I would I would lose everything that I fought so hard for. And today make a difference to stop going. Samson walked 56,250 steps, one step at a time, in a path that led to his destruction. But he also had 56,250 opportunities to turn around and to seek help and to go in the right direction. And those opportunities are here for you. If you need help, we are here to help. If there's a habit in your life that is leading you to the wrong place, we need to remove the trigger and we need to interrupt the action so it doesn't lead to your destruction. And you might be sitting there going, but I feel so weak. Good. Because when we are weak, he is strong. When we can't do it on our own, he, our God, our loving Savior is there to be our strength in the midst of our weakness. And you have a church family who wants to love you and surround you and help carry you through the darkest of storms. You are not here to live life alone. In your weakness, he can become strong. Who is it that God is calling you to be? What is the one habit today that break, to become the person God wants you to be. Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Today, you can make a small step in the right direction. And when you do, God rejoices. When you decide to do what's right, he sees you as a person he loves celebrate. He is your father who loves you and is here to lead you on a path that leads to victory, that leads to hope, that leads to salvation. Every time you work out, you become an athlete. Every time you practice instruction, and, and you practice music, you become a musician. Every time you pray with your kids, you become a godly person. Every time you turn away from looking at lustful trash, you are being purified by Christ. Every time that you serve and give and love, you are becoming the child of God, the ambassador that he has called you to be. And you are called to be more than overcomers. In Jesus, all things are possible. And your path to hope and to victory starts small step at a time. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for being a God who loves us. A God who is not distant and removed. A God who is not just a God of the past, a God of the Israelites, but a God of us. A God who loves us and is here to give us the strength and the hope and the courage to be who you want us to be today. And I pray, God, in a way that, unlike ever before, that we as your children would fully lean on you, not just for our future salvation, but for our victory today. Father God, I pray for each and every child of yours that is here today. And I pray for myself, God. I know that when I look at myself, there are areas that I often fail and get tripped up in my own ways. And I pray for your love and your forgiveness and for your strength for me to overcome the negative, the bad habits that exist in my life. And I pray that prayer for those in this room. If you would pray with me and you would say, God, there are habits that I know I need to break. In my heart, the habit I need to break is this, whatever that might be then I ask that you just commit it to God right now. God, I pray that you help me to break this habit. I pray that you help me to get the right people around me to hold me accountable, to encourage me. Maybe it is your community group that you're going to go and you're going to share that with, and you're going to say, thank you for being a group that lives life with me. We study God's word together. We serve together. But I need you to keep me accountable so that we can grow together. If that's you, then I encourage you right now to say, Pastor John, I know there's... A habit I need to break. I need God in my life. I need his strength. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray with you right now? I know there's a habit in my life I need to break. Raise your hand right now. with me. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are a God of of love. A God of second chances. A God who... In our life that easily trip us up, that become habits, that become strongholds, that if we're not careful will lead to destruction in our life. And we need you. We need you in our life to help us to overcome and to turn from these things, to avoid these things, and to walk the path that you've called us to walk. So, God, I pray for those in this room right now who have these habits. Day would be a day, one step they take, knowing that you were there to celebrate that step. You were there to empower them to take that step. You were there to rejoice as they take that step. God, I pray that each of us would take that step today. Father God, I also pray for those in this room who may not know you. If you're here this morning and you would say, you know, I don't know where I stand with God. The Bible says, that no matter how far you feel you are from him, his love no, knows no bounds. That he sent his son, Jesus, and he would have sent his son, Jesus, if you were the only person on this earth to come to this earth, to take our sins upon himself, to die in our place, to offer us forgiveness and offer us salvation. And if you're here today, we're talking about stopping. The thing that maybe you need to stop is stopping living life on your You need to instead say, today, I give my life to you, Jesus. I need you to come in and help me and to make me the person you want me to be. I can't do this on my own. I surrender to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I now give you my life. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Come in and save me. If that's you this morning, I would love to see you. I'd love to. See your hand. Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor John, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to give my life to the Lord. I need his salvation. I See that hand. Any others? Any others? Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, we know you're a God that loves a God that redeems, a God that picks us up when we've fallen and shows us the path to victory. God, we know that this victory is only found in you. And so I pray right now for those who raised their hand this morning, that you would give them joy and hope and to to stuff out the voice of the enemy that says that we are defeated because we are overcomers in you. So, God, I pray that you move, that you transform each of us to be the people you've called us to be. In your name we pray. Amen. During the closing moments of our time together, we often take communion here as a time of remembering that all of this is only possible because of how much God loved us. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent his son That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. He did not come to judge the world, to to condemn the world, but to save the world. On the night before Jesus was arrested, he took the bread and the cup that was there at dinner. And to his closest friends, he encouraged them. He said, as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, remember how much I love you. Remember what I've done for you. I'm going to die for you so that you can live for me. And so this morning, we invite you, if you've given your heart to Jesus as an act of worship and as an act of remembrance and gratefulness, we encourage you to come up and to take a piece of bread that is a symbol of his body that was broken for us. Dip it in a cup as a symbol of the blood that he shed for us. And as an act of worship and appreciation, remember what he did for us and pray that I want to give you uh, an opportunity to have one of these dominoes as a symbol of remembrance. So as as you leave today, our ushers will be at the doors with baskets of different sized dominoes. And I encourage you to take one. If you've committed today to break a habit, or if last week you committed to, to start a habit, then you would take that domino just so you can carry it around time you feel it, you're reminded of God's hope, his love, his, his, his plan for you in your life, and that you would be encouraged to take that next small step. Father God, move among us now, we pray. Be with us in the midst of our worship and our time of reflection. Lead us to follow you. In your name we pray. As you feel led, come to the front or go to the back to receive communion feel like you need to pray with someone, we have a couple prayer team members in the back, and I'd love to pray with you. If you gave your heart today, some of you uh, raised your hand and looked up at me, I'd love to pray with you before you leave today. Let us celebrate what God has done and doing among us now. Let's worship Him.